Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. All right, well, you got us back here on the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast with your hosts, myself, Jeremy Shaw, and Mr. Jacob Poole. What's up, Poole? Man, I am enjoying you changing the intro every single time. Well, I, like I kind of have that problem of I can't remember what I said the time before, <laughs> and I wasn't going to revert back to the old ones. So I said, well, we right. just... It keeps all the listeners kind of you know, right. all on their feet to see what new things going to come out today. <laughs> just th- think about what I may stumble across for the intro, huh? Well, every once in a while we do stumble in it, so... Yeah, yeah, well, that's part of it. With everything going on today, you know, it, it's all right to be different every once in a while, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing is we're about to get us some hunting weather, and the bad thing is we ain't got nothing to hunt. <laughs> well, I meant to look the other day. I was talking with somebody and asked me if squirrel season was open, and I told them I thought it was. Is yeah. rabbit season open also? Well, yeah. So with 15-degree weather coming next week, can we actually – you think that's going to be a good time to chase a rabbit? Or Well, we're going to have to revert over to our guest tonight, I think, for that, because he's, he's getting into the rabbit dog business. So, Oh, we're moving into a whole new category. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know he's got other, several other things that we're going to talk about tonight. So I didn't know that one was on our on our list for well, tonight. I so. We can cover it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to introduce our yeah. Guest so tonight we're gonna we're gonna come back to uh, a guest we've had on what three, four, five episodes. I don't know, but I'm not gonna give our number of episodes. But what I will say is he was our very first episode. He was the very first guest we had. That is correct. Yeah, well, we were still trying to figure all this out which we're still trying to figure all this out but we were really really trying to figure all we this were out really really there. trying to figure it out then we were I, I got tickled about this the other day i remember that in one of the episodes that we did somebody got choked up and we actually had to stop recording <laughs> yeah. so that we could we thought we was going to, have to administer cpr or do a well, i don't think we really knew that editing was much of an option then so uh so yeah but anyway getting to who we got to so we got jeff nunnery Back with us for another episode and going to recap some of Team Breakdown's uh, recoveries and the adventures they went on this year through this uh, through this deer season. What's up, Jeff? What's up, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Man, we're good. Big Jeff, we're rocking and rolling, baby. That's and what I, I'm, and I'm still sticking with about four or five episodes. Well, I think he's been drinking and seeing double, <laughs> you personally. Know. Well, we had Jeff... That was a two-part episode, and then we at least had you once or twice talking about team breakdown over our right at year and a half. Mm. Um, you gonna make me double check, but I'm thinking I know it was it, it was it the was, first two, and I'm then we were supposed was, to do I a couple think it more. Was three, and, okay. I think it was three because I know I, I was in person for two and on the phone for one. Yeah, I know you and JD were on the uh, yeah on yeah. the line, and then I was with one of them, and then I've been on here twice. Yeah, that may yeah. be correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, we've got a return. One time, one yes, time so. I brought a some kind of microphone I had. I it's over. It it's over another building. <laughs> no, we're still holding on to it. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's in a safe spot. We yeah. don't want it. To, when he told me the price of it, I said we can hold on to this one. We don't want to lose this at all. I want to make sure this man gets this back. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, we just wanted to catch up with you and kind of go over. You know, team breakdown seems like from what we were talking about before we recorded that it's growing. Um, the number of retrieved, I guess you call it retrieves, recovers, we call recoveries, it recoveries. Yeah. Um, you know, that seems to be getting more and more as time goes by. So yeah, we just want to catch up with you and kind of see how everything went on y'all's end and, 
you know, maybe get a good story or two off a good track we had this year and and all that. But uh but yeah, that's kinda what we what we had in mind for this episode. Well, he was giving us the number earlier and that's a pretty phenomenal number, so Oh, no doubt. And and we can either tell that now or we can wait on that. But <laughs> Well, I start out by saying, you know, last year I don't I guess I should have had my ducks in a row and had the numbers for last year too, but and I want to say it was it was a little over two hundred, around two hundred and seven, two twelve, somewhere along in there. Yeah. Well, this year we have we've grown a little bit, um, kind of filled in some gaps in where we had handlers at and their locations, but we have we have doubled we have doubled that this year. Well, I guess just to back up just a little bit, um, some people may not have caught the other episodes that we've done, but. You are with Team Breakdown and the the blood trailing free service that y'all mm-hmm. have for hunters that you know may make a you know not comfortable about their shot mm-hmm. or or uh, you know may need some help and they call you guys or, or reach out to you on your Facebook page, right? Yeah, yeah, I, and I'll and I'll back up to kind of tell you the origin of it. Um, what what happened was I was with a I'm still am with a, a group called Nose to the Ground and. Throughout the time, I started realizing that that I was there was people closer to me that that done this pretty regular, and uh, so after a while, you know, they they kind of put me in a leadership role yeah. with team with a nose to the ground. So I kind of got to know all these handlers that were closer to me more and more. Some people I've known all my life that I didn't realize done it as much as they did. So, and we say closer to the primary of the Southwest Mississippi area. Yeah, yeah, right here, close. You know, right, right in here. You know, within twenty miles. You know, mm-hmm. in a twenty mile radius. Well, anyhow, that kind of just went on, and I said, you know, if a track comes in, and, and what I mean a track is if somebody needs our services, you know, if they make a subpar shot or just not sure about the shot, can't find the deer, whatever it may be. One of us that I, one of the guys that I knew was going to go on it, and they all had really good dogs. And I said, you know, let's. I really wanted to raise the awareness of the existence of what we do and the importance of what we do. So, myself and JD John David Polk, we um we elected to to form Team Breakdown, which is we said we're just going to take these guys and we're going to start our own little group not taking anything away from any other groups that are out there it's just right. something that we could focus more locally on for the people that are local can follow us you know and see what we do and see pictures of the deer that been that have people have took throughout the area or whatnot and it's just grown from there you know it went from just to raise awareness to we've really really come a long ways you know we that first year was a trial and error type deal but but now we've got we've got handlers from crystal springs to natchez crosby all the way to columbia and all areas in between brookhaven all all around yeah. now so that's it's a it's been a humbling experience for sure and, and it's a very tight-knit group you know and and this season here just completed team breakdowns what third season this will be our fourth season okay fourth yeah. season I realize this is our fourth season and it's it's grown every year, and the numbers this year, I knew that we was going to have a better year than last year, but 436 deer we put in the truck this year. and That's, that's phenomenal. It is. Well, you know, I, I didn't realize it was going to be that much till we got to looking at some of these numbers and tallying it up, you know, and I said, man, I, I, 
I'm blown away by it, and I, and I attribute that to the awareness, not only the awareness of it, but but the time that's been put in mm-hmm. fooling with our with our dogs and really concentrating on getting them to be the best that they can be. Right. I mean, when we talk about the definition of a hunter, you know, obviously being a conservationist, out of that 436, would you say that maybe half of those deer the hunter may not have found them, or you think it'd be more than that? Oh, it'd be well more than that because I I, I would venture to say 85%, at least 85% of the deer that just I tracked, yeah. maybe more than that, didn't. There was no blood trail. There was nothing to follow. Wouldn't have been found without no. the services y'all no, had. That's right. You know, my, and I, I'd only be a little generous on that number. You know, that, that, that may have been higher than that, but yeah, it would so many times that we've been told, you know, if it would, we wouldn't have found this deer if it wasn't for y'all, mm-hmm. you know, and that's. Well, and as a hunter, there is nothing more disheartening or nothing that just sets you back to where you know you think you've made a good shot you feel comfortable about it and then you get up there and you can't you can't locate what you've what you've done absolutely and to be able to reach out to y'all and be able to have y'all come out and be able to help be able to recover that deer and put that trophy or or that animal and you don't go to a conservation standpoint there to make sure that 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 animal is actually being used for the the reason that we intended it you know, I mean, that's 436 that, mm-hmm. you know, that's you're saying 80, 85%, maybe a little more that would have not been found at all. And I know everybody in this room and plus everybody that listens to us, we've all made really good shots. And I mean, a, look, a deer is just a phenomenal animal. So, no, definitely. You know, sometimes the best shot in the world, you've hit everything you need <clears> to hit <throat> and that tough sucker is still running. Oh, yeah. And there's just no... Without y'all's service, it's just going to be a waste, and and nobody wants to. If we shoot it, we want to make sure we capture it. We, we want to make sure that we got it, and we get to use the proceed. You know, use meat off of it, and no nobody wants to do it just to knock them out of the population. Right well, for sure. I, I try to tell everybody. You know, I, I'm not. I only. Only. I not only do this because I enjoy fooling with my dogs. Yeah. You know, just like most hunters like to help people, you know, I, I do it to help folks and I don't like to be wasteful. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do it to just to, to keep from wasting the uh, deer, you know, somebody that, that somebody could be put on their table instead of just rotting in the woods or the, the coyotes or the buzzards get it. Um, it would, it would really, the, some of the shots would just blow your mind. Like one of my first tracks of the year was, double lung and heart shot and the deer went 287 yards wow um deer <laughs> bled around 40 yards and folded up <laughs> or, or it should have. right there <laughs> no kidding i mean it, it should have you know <clears throat> I, the deer shouldn't have been shouldn't have run out of sight mm-hmm. the deer bled good for about 80 yards and then nothing nothing mm. all the way well my dog went out there and went on point you know, I run those I run on uh, Garmin Alpha 100 tracking system. When he went when he went on point, I'm like, all right. I mean, I know my dog well enough to know who's at the deer, but first track of the season, I was a little right. You know, little I was like, yeah, well, maybe he needs to get back in the swing. But maybe he found a a armadillo hole or something. I don't know what he's doing. But <laughs> so I eased along behind him, and the closer I got to him, and I was like, I just don't see any blood. 
I don't know if he's still on it or not. But, mm-hmm. but again, he, he made a fool out of me. <laughs> he does that quite often. And we were at the deer, you know. Yeah. Wow. And now, would you say that the – was all right, so you had good blood for 80 yards. Would you attribute that to – now, was it a bow or a rifle shot? A bow. a bow shot. So mm-hmm. you had a clean pass through. Oh, yeah, everything was perfect. Everything I was mean, perfect. You couldn't have – you couldn't have – Walked up to the deer and poked it in a better spot. I mean, it was perfect. Hmm. And it's, I couldn't tell you why that, that happened that way, but it sure did. Well, I know this year at the house, we swapped ammunition a little bit and Cameron dropped to, but I got to looking at them and there was no exit wound. Hmm. So it would have been a difficult blood trail with no exit wound. There well, was maybe a thimble full of blood out the actual entry hole and that was it. Well, I think a lot of it, when it when it comes to gun season, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, you know, but since you don't really get lead ammunition anymore, it's it's changed a lot. You know, used to, you didn't hear of, I didn't have a blood trail or nothing like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, since, since the ammunition has changed, that's, <clears throat> blood trails are, are fewer and far between. Well, it, Go go there just a second. Uh, I talked with one of you you guys a while back, and he was telling me something different that I didn't understand, and maybe a lot of our listeners don't either. But y'all train your dogs to trail not only blood, but also the gland in the foot? Well, I, I do use blood when it comes to a training process, you know. Um, well, let, let's just back up and, and just go from start over. One on from training a, a dog, a new puppy. First thing I I like to do is I like to let a, let a, let a puppy chew, pull on a deer to skinny shed or something like that. And I'm sure we've all done that before. Just let them chew on the hide or something like that. Feed mm-hmm. them up on a piece of meat, and you know. But <clears throat> I always save liver or something like that, and cut a, cut up the liver and, and freeze it in a little snack bag in little small ice cube sized pieces. And I'll put it in put it in a, when I get ready to use what I'm gonna if I'm gonna lay a track for a dog, I'll take one of those snack bags out and put it in like a solo cup and fill it up full of water. I never use straight blood because from day one, I don't use straight blood because if you had good blood, mm-hmm. you wouldn't need me. Right. But it's still the smell of blood there, so it's watered down. And that blood will come out of that liver when you when you letting it soak. So mm-hmm. I use that. And I'll, Makes and I'll, sense. I'll start me a shot site, place the shot site. You know, I'll sprinkle some of that bloody water there. Put me a piece of liver or two there because this, a dog's strongest sense is their food drive. You know, that's yeah. the predator comes out at them. They want to eat. So I start it there. Give them a little something to nibble on. I'll start a short track. And I'll, and I'll lay it along the track, you know, and have them something that they like at the end, whether it be a toy or a bowl of food or something like that at the end. Make it really short. As time goes on, I get away from that. I use I will use a little blood then, but I will water it down immensely, like less than half and half. Mm-hmm. The better part of it is water in a deer's hoof, because in a deer's front hoofs they have what's what's called an interdigital gland between their toes, so to speak, between their hoof. Mm-hmm. And when a deer shot, they put off. I call it the I'm hurt smell, which is, <laughs> I mean that's that's what what. I've never heard this before. Yeah, they, they um, I knew nothing about it. Well, it's it's just like, and it's just in their front. 
It, it's, yeah, it's in their front hoof. Hmm. And that's what the dogs key in on. That's why that if you call me now, now I, I claim now to have a finished dog. Yeah. And, and I don't claim to have a finished dog until he gets at least three, at least three seasons under his belt. But we've, we've, I've got over 125 recovers with him now, so I, I think I can call him finished. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's earned that title. Yeah. But you re, you revert back to to nature, like like wolves and bears and coyotes. They key in on the weakest link, and the weakest link is hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing that we're doing with our tracking dogs, is teaching them which deer to track. That's why if you shoot a deer and there's 15 deer in the food plot, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to put my dog where you told me the deer was, and he's going to he's going to track the deer that was shot and leave the others alone. That's that's what some to me that was that's probably the most amazing part about this. They'll I mean I've been on I can't even tell you how many tracks I've been on since I started doing this, and even for the public. They're all fun, you know, a, a good bay is fun. But what's awesome to see is when you pull up to a plot, to a field, and it's 15, 20 deer there, and the hunter say, uh-oh. No, I already know what they're thinking, <laughs> you know. They're thinking we're going to run the wrong deer. And when they go out there, they make that 100-yard mark. I mean, like, he, they, they're always going to ask you, y- y'all think you think he's on the, on the deer? I'm like, he probably is. We'll, we'll just see. <laughs> You know, when he goes out there at 200 and goes on point. Yeah. You you, you think that's the deer? Let's just go look and see what we're at. Let's mm-hmm. go see what he's doing. Yeah. And it's always a surprise to him because, you know, they, and, I, and I, like I said again, you know, I, I use it as an educating moment and tell them the same thing I just told you. Mm-hmm. Told you guys because it, it really is amazing to for a dog to be able to, to do that, you know, and then... <clears throat> For two-day-old tracks, we can still do that, you know. Wow. And some even older. The oldest track I've ever found was 76 hours. Hey, You're doing the math, aren't you? I was trying. Okay. Yes. A few days. <laughs> Three days and a few hours. <laughs> oh, man. It's bad when we've been around each other enough. I can look at you until I, I saw the, the wheels start. the wheels started the light bulb. starting to turn. Start to, start the little squirrel was running that cage around up there. <laughs> but, it, well, you, your guy that I – when we went on duck hunt this year and we were talking about it, you know, while it was kind of slow and mm-hmm. he was explaining some of that to me. And I was like, all right, now that's something new that I'd never heard. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I wanted I to make sure it. that we brought that out and you know, was able to talk about well, that tonight. There, there's and, several people that – there's no – there's no right way to, to, to train what, what they call a blood dog. But a lot of people a lot of people do use blood, and they teach them to track blood. But it, in my personal opinion, if you're only using blood to train a dog, that's going to eventually be a potential problem. Yeah, because you're going to either not have blood or very right. little. Or... That's right. You know, and, and there's going to be a lot of times there's going to be sign there that we can't see with our eyes that the dogs mm-hmm. can smell you yeah. know it's it's every time even if there's no visible blood there there's there's something there that the dogs can smell other than that scent but that's why i don't use i i, I graduate a dog to using now I, sam i could take him and just 
lay a track with no blood, just using the hoof, with nothing else but a hoof, we're going to track it. Hmm. Over now, over, of course, if it's a hoof, it's already the deer's already dead. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, and, but now we're tough like that. We catch deer and hold them, <laughs> and drag them through there and make a track. Then just catch and release. Yeah. <laughs> just ride them and wound them a little bit. Yeah, no, we don't wound them. That's catch and release, man. <laughs> <laughs> now. Jeff, out of 436 this year, how many of these did you have the opportunity to go on this year? Another good question that I really <laughs> didn't prepare well enough for, but I, I'm going to say that we probably recovered around 40. You and your dog? 10% of Yeah. Roughly. Uh, uh, something like that, somewhere along in there. And, and, I, and I may be off a little bit in that, but it's around that. It's yeah. around that. Now, a lot of times we teamed up with other handlers, you know, so. But just my dog, I didn't go on a whole lot with just my team. But, yeah, you know, um, we we do a lot of teaming up. And that's another part of what makes it so enjoyable is, is the fellowship, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like going on a good duck hunt, you know, watching a dog work, retrieving a duck. It's it's just as much fun to me. Well, and you're making new friends with everybody that calls. Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm sure a lot of them are repeat people mm-hmm. that have, you know. Got some pretty good turkey hunting spots all through it, too. So it's, <laughs> it's got its perks, you know. Even We don't charge anybody, but if, if a man says, man, I got some, would you go over here turkey hunting? I sure will. Huh, you're going to make me get me a dog. <laughs> and to say, I must. We start dragging a hoof through the house, see if one of them dogs retrieves. Everybody listen to this show working with a blood trailer dog next week. You fellas saying that y'all want to tag along on some tracks, huh? <laughs> Jeff, if I had time, yes, I would love to go. So, uh, figuring out time is a with three small youngins is a fun, <laughs> absolutely fun, fun well, time a lot of times. But now, and Jeff, y'all y'all hit four hundred thirty six, and y'all cover a pretty big territory. You were saying before that y'all were able to pick up some new handlers this year, and y'all were able to expand that territory. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody pretty well which areas y'all, you know, are able to go to and and help folks in. Well, now we've been as far north as well above Jackson. Um, we'll, we'll go wherever we take a notion. If you call, yeah. you know, a lot of times, you know. Um, I've been to Monticello several times this year, which is not near as far as some of these other guys have been. I've had guys from Natchez come and go to the other side of Macomb. You know, that's a pretty good pool. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Chad went, you know, Chad Tate, he, he came from right there close to the house off the Gladden Road and went north of Jackson several times. So, hmm. But as far as a core area, we have a handler as far north as Crystal Springs, and that's Joey Henderson. He's he's in Crystal Springs. Um, he's a new addition we've added this year. We added Corey Miller and Christopher White around the Natchez area. So that covers all the way to the to the river in the state of yeah. Mississippi. But now now he also tracks in Louisiana a lot too. I was about to ask that as he, he crossed mm-hmm. over and did mm-hmm. some Louisiana tracks. He does. Um, and then, you know, of course, we have the the majority of us is right around southwest Mississippi, whether it be Smithdale, Liberty, Macomb, Magnolia, Brookhaven, Bogachita area. Yeah. And we have guys as far east as, as Columbia. So pretty well Natchez – 
over to Columbia down. Yeah, but okay, if, if you drew us, if, if you were gonna try to draw a line mm-hmm. around it, that's pretty your, your standard area where y'all do. If the you put a big circle, as I told somebody the other day, if you put a big circle and put Brookhaven in the center of it, and yeah. stretched it out as far as you could to include Natchez, and probably between Columbia and Hattiesburg. And if that circle was big enough, it would it would cover almost a Jackson, right? And as far south as is as, as across the state line, mm-hmm. we would cover that area. Yeah. You know? We got guys like I said, we got, you know the, the Natchez guys. They also go down across the river and and also south. You know, like and uh, we got a guy in in Crosby, Thomas Arnold. He he'll go to St. His track several times in St. Francisville. Hmm. Pretty good area. Yeah, definitely. We added another new handler in Bogusville <clears throat> this year, a young guy, uh, J.T. McCaffrey. He's been a good addition for us. Um, just help us fill some of these gaps that we – Well, if you're running that many deer, and, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, what, a three-month season between bow season and rifle season, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer than that. I mean, that's – you're running one or two to five deer a day well, depending def- on – you know, uh, and and I guess you know you had 436 recoveries. I'm sure y'all have some that you you're not able to locate. No, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Now, were many of the ones that you were not able to locate? Could you actually say maybe they were misses or quite just a few really bad shots? Or? Quite quite a few. Um, I would say, I I, I I'm not going to just say a percentage, but I would say a, a a really good percentage of those were either. Confirmed back on camera, or they were just a miss. You know, we never hit on anything at all. Yeah. Well, I hadn't thought about that. Would y'all go into a track if somebody with everybody filming a lot nowadays? It, I'm guessing that's a big help too to be able to mm-hmm. look at the video and say, okay, there's a deer, there's where it went. All right, that's the last place it entered the woods. Or you can actually see, okay, well, you hit it a little back or you hit it low. Or higher, wherever you hit. Oh, definitely, it does help sometimes. Um, it helps us sometimes to better judge the amount of time to, to let a deer lay, you know. Because you, and, and I say that to, to say this. So you're not steadily jumping it over and a- over Absolutely. And over. Uh, if you know you've hit a deer back and you've gut shot a deer, you don't want to rush in and, and track that deer. Mm-hmm. You want to give that deer ample time to lay down. And, and I like to... Eight hours is a good number, and and that that may sound like a long time, but I've I've tracked deer shot at four o'clock one evening and get there at ten o'clock the next morning and still be very lively. Hmm. Now we recovered the deer, but it was yeah. a good shot and it was gonna die, but still alive. And and I've pulled off of the, some of those that I that I found were still alive, and then gave it more time and. Went back again, you know, and eventually we get the deer. Well, give us some stories. I know on on some of your tracks this year, you probably got some pretty cool stories. Yeah, man, we've got I got a lot of them, but um, we've had some some pretty interesting ones this year. You know, like I said, with with doubling, we probably not only have we doubled the amount of recoveries, we doubled the amount of calls that we've had because, and I attribute that really to to par- partially to COVID and more people in the woods this this year than than there there has been in pre- prior yeah. years, 
because I guess they didn't want to be around the folks they get in the woods. But mm-hmm. We, uh, it's been a few, um, one particular time it kind of sticks out of my mind. We tracked a deer at a place down the road here and, uh, we get there and <laughs> this wound up being an actual miss, but we get there and the guy says, look, we got there's blood right here. It's like, well, sure enough, it is blood. Now, I didn't just really inspect it real hard. So I put my dog on it. He takes the track like a champ. So all right. We got a chance here. He goes out there about 120 yards. We start searching. I'm like, what in the world's going on? <laughs> so I start him over. Same exact thing. Same exact way. I said, something ain't right. I'm missing something. Well, I, I told my hunter, I said, uh, come with me. We're going to just, we're going to, every time I find blood, come to me. Mm-hmm. You, you stay there to last blood. Well, about an hour later, I said, let me inspect this blood a little bit, you know. I'm just going to look at it because I'm already puzzled. I'm not knowing what's going on, thinking my dog broke or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting out, and this, and this was, the deer was shot the evening before, and this was about 8 o'clock the next morning and in a pretty wet area, you know, down yeah. next to the river in a, in a swampy area. His blood was bone dry. Now... Southwest Mississippi, it's pretty muggy, and it's pretty hard for blood to dry overnight in those conditions. Right. So I got to thinking, I said, I don't really know what's going on. That blood's awful dry, and I got to thinking, you know, I said, it ain't been real windy, it ain't been hot, you know, it's been, it's wet down here, and it's been mist and rain. Deer was shot three days before, and that same plot went out there about 120 <laughs> yards, and that's where they recovered the deer, and that's why the dog was like, where'd it go? Because it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> but he did his job. I said, I, I told the guy, I said, oh, I could count that as a recovery, can't I? I mean, the deer was dead, and y'all got the deer. So how did y'all actually come up to that conclusion? Just, just from I, the way the blood looked, or you he know, talked I, to somebody else, or it, it was it was I was started brainstorming. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I said, "Let's try," and that's not right. I, I called a couple of the guys that was tracking with me, and it just did not run across my mind. I never dawned on me to ask whether well, there been another deer shot there recently. Right? I said, "Yeah, and two or three days ago, somebody killed one here." I'm like. <laughs> find out who it was and come to find out the deer had went out and that's that's where yeah where they picked up the deer i'm like well that makes a lot of sense now the dog ain't broke after all no he ain't broke, he ain't broke. <laughs> but never did catch a scent or no he, he tracked the deer all the way to the spot to no where... but i mean the the other one the one no, it was it was a miss it was a miss. We, we worked the area i mean i worked it i mean within Within 300 yards, I put three miles on the dog's collar. So if that tells you anything yeah. of how hard we worked the track, just trying to figure out if we missed anything. Well, did y'all, I know recovering, how many first deer were y'all able to find for youthful hunters or new hunters to the sport? I really wish I could have kept track of that. But this is, here's here's a, here's another good story for you. Um, we, we tracked for a young lady this year and all of us was had been pretty backed up all season because it was just so busy for us. This particular track was um, 
kind of between Smithdale and Macomb. And she had shot this deer this evening. And and her daddy, bless his heart, had been – I didn't get to him till like 11, 11.30 that night. And he'd been looking for this deer since about quarter to five. Whew. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, I understand. And I always tell folks, you know, if you can't find it within 100 yards, back out. Right. And we'll come help you. And he, he was panicking, you know. It was his it was his girl's first deer, and he really won't. I, I understand. You right, know, I, yeah. But, Anyhow, we we get there and we we put the put the dogs to work and the deer just went maybe two hundred yards, but he just never thought the deer went that way because he couldn't. Again, the deer didn't bleed any and no sign of of anything, but he knew the deer was hit. Mm-hmm. And that was to see when we found that deer and to see the look in, in his eyes and, and her eyes and you can go back to my page I wouldn't even have to tell you who it was or what the situation is but if you go to Team Breakdown's page and scroll down far enough you'll know it whenever you see the just little girl and her daddy the yeah, you, would, you would know it um, they were so they were all so happy and that that's that's the awesome part about this you know that's just like calling up a turkey for a kid and or anything like that the, mm-hmm. the the whole hero to zero or zero to hero type thing you know mm-hmm. um, they, they're already kind of down in the dumps oh yeah you know dad told me that she went to bed kind of sad and was crying about it we woke her up and took a picture with that deer she wasn't crying <laughs> no more she was happy did she wake up pretty easy oh yeah she got on the bed pretty quick <laughs> That's pretty cool. Definitely. And, we, you know, it's, it's quite a few first deer that's on our page this year. Um, quite a few. And, and some good deer, some really nice deer we found this year. You know, and there's a couple first deer that was that, that we recovered that I told a couple of them boys, I said, y'all probably go ahead and quit, quit now. now. <laughs> y'all have hit the top right off the bat. <laughs> going yeah. to be hard to – to beat that first one? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go to Texas somewhere or something to kill something bigger than this. <laughs> well, now, that brings up another point I was thinking about this year, too. Did y'all find in all y'all's track jobs, did y'all see, you know, me looking on social media and stuff a lot this year, I noticed that, to me, it seemed like there were a lot bigger-bodied deer killed this year. A good number of them, I mean, my daughter's first buck this year, weighed in right at 200 pounds and a 200 pound buck in this area is not in the history that i've been hunting yeah they're not always been that that common of a thing definitely and then we saw several you know from different folks across social media this year from this area that were killing them 220 240 i think i even saw one 250 something i mean that's a that's a big deer well i i we recovered one this year myself personally um on the edge of Franklin County this year, that was that deer was. I, I he said it was two forty, but there's no way that deer was two forty. I I'm, I know that deer. He had to have been more. His he hmm. had rusty scales or something, but <laughs> it was the biggest bodied deer that I'd ever seen. Period. Um, huh. It was the deer was so big and had so much girth to him that he looked like he looked like he would been dead for a day or two. And the deer was shot at five, and we found the deer by seven. Hmm. And he was, I mean, he was huge. You know, we had a Beamer, when we were talking to Beamer from GSM Outdoors, 
we were talking about broadheads one day, and he was talking about the difference between our deer and the northern deer having layers of body fat. Mm-hmm. And two or three of the deer that were the kids took this year just seemed like they were just fatter deer. And I don't know if that's a nutrition deal or maybe just genetics catching up, or but I think it's probably a little bit of a little bit of all that, you know, because the way they've done the laws now, and you you know you can feed now and feeders and stuff like that legally and. You know, of course they got their ways to, of of uh, regulating it, but you you don't understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and a lot of people, a lot more people are feeding now than than they ever has been. So I, I think that's probably part of it. And a lot more people are being aware of what to do to grow big deer. You know, a lot more people are being educated on it and doing the right things now. I think that probably helps I, a lot I think, too. I think that too, and and being educated is a lot easier. To you know, to be done with the way social media is mm-hmm. these days. I mean, you got everything, you know, right there at your fingertips of, you know, how do I get a bigger deer? You know, what's the nutritional needs of a deer? Mm-hmm. And go on know. there and ask. You'll have five hundred experts answering oh, real no, quick. No, no. Don't go on Mississippi Whitehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to know how to kill a turkey, if you want to know what best to use, you want to know what calls the best, just ask there's an expert out there that will jump and there's going to be at least one or two that tell you that you just suck you can't (laughs) (laughs) you're probably you probably wrangling that number back by about three or four dozen well i'm just leaving it plain uh, but yeah if you want to know just ask no doubt and if you don't want to know don't Don't ask ask. (laughs) if you don't want to know they'll tell you then too (laughs) yeah we we talked with a guy the other day and Part of it, you know, we were talking about, you know, is trying to be helpful to folks when they ask a question on social media. And, you know, if there's something that I feel I have something that I can throw, something that may shine a little light on something, I always try to throw in that tidbit. But it's amazing with, you know, reading through comments on stuff sometimes. It's like, oh, oh, there's an expert. Uh, you know, probably been on two hunts. <laughs> but, yeah. but there's a full-fledged expert. Mm-hmm. go ahead one question i had a little bit you know we were talking about you know ammunition changes stuff like that and you you may not have a an answer for to know the ratio or whatever the tracks that y'all go on and i know there's a lot more deer killed with you know a rifle than a bow oh for sure but do you see the percentage of tracks and i guess there's maybe a ratio you could put in there to kind of figure this up but when bow season is, the amount of deer being killed or shot, do y'all track a lot more deer that's been shot with a bow than a gun? No, uh, not really. Um, the difference is, and and this is what I've learned through through the years, you could take a shoot of deer in the same spot with a bow as with a gun, and the outcome can be very different. Mm-hmm. Because... With a bow, you don't have the shock as, as you do with your shot with a with a bullet. Right. You know the the shock of the of, of it affecting other organs or whatnot. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's part of the one of the things that that's one of the contributing factors to that. Um, now we do track a lot of bow shots, but yeah, and and. The number probably quadruples come gun season because naturally a lot more people are hunting with with guns. But as far as shot to shot, I think more tracks happen because of guns shooting during gun season Mm -hmm. 
deer for deer than than both season. Yeah. Well, you can take a lot more shots with a gun that you can't take with a bow. That's right. And, and, That's right. And you, as a general rule, you have to be a little more comfortable with your equipment too when it comes to bow hunting. Absolutely. You know, um, you have to be a little more in tune with the equipment. You know, you just don't get one and sight it in and go. Yeah. Most folks. Right. There's some out there that go get one and go on ahead and let her fly. But. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, the advances of bow hunting in 2021 versus bow hunting, you know, heck, say the year 2000, that's a lot of difference. In the in the equipment you're using to bow hunt then versus now, absolutely. And then now you got a lot of folks using crossbows now where mm-hmm. you couldn't before, right? You know, and and that's and that's another factor. Yeah. Well, I can assure you, I think I'm not sure. Uh, let me say that back. I thought <laughs> my first grown up bow was an old Browning bear. Yeah. That had a heck of a twang to it, and you couldn't find a whisker biscuit that quieted. <laughs> quieted, no sir. It sounded like a and twenty-two I know, rifle. No I know where what. it was, but I do know we cleaned that shed up and and tore that one down, and it may have disappeared in that shed. But if you had laid it side by side with what I shoot now, mm-hmm. and I have my old PSE Thunderflight Express at the house too. Yeah, I think I've seen it. We're still shooting aluminum arrows. Hey, look, if you can put a new string on that scoundrel, it'll still <laughs> take it there. Uh, the equipment change, you, you can look at it from the you know, land sharp broad heads to now the new mechanical broad heads to, you know, muzzies, whichever ones I've shot over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big difference. And in, in the only thing that stayed the same is the same old release. Yeah. I've still got the same old release that's been sewn up with fishing string. And, I'll buy the same. Well, I bought releases over the years, but I think I still use the same. I think it's a Pearson. Mine's a Scott's. Scott, that's it. That's the one I got. Yep. Yep, but the, I, the Velcro on mine was starting to come off, so I took Velcro off of something else and, <laughs> and put it on there. Sewed it on with some uh, spider wire. Yeah. So yeah, mine's yeah. an Accu trigger. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have one of those. <laughs> and I hadn't gone to the nose button thing yet. But no. I may have I, to try I, it this I, year I just for one. It's a Thompson Center, too. <laughs> I got a Thompson Center, but it ain't, it ain't a bow deal. Mine's not either, Jacob. <laughs> Oh, me. Well, oh, I, I actually got the joke now. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm slowly <laughs> saying up I, I didn't know if Vacu Trigger was actually something, <laughs> if they made a boat product now or not. Don't sit over and laugh at me. You set me up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know we talked about it on the, on the, I guess it was the previous podcast we did, maybe, maybe last year. But, uh, and you talked about adding some new handlers. Let's, let's kind of go down that list and say who, you know, who those handlers are and see, you know, it may have changed. Maybe somebody that, you know, they somebody knows that that may not uh they may well, not know. Here's the, a question associated. before we get into naming names: When you go to add a handler, how do y'all determine? Do y'all have a criteria? Do you have a definitely um? And this is again, this is this is not knocking anyone else. This is just the way that that we started the group and what we decided we were going to do. Is everybody in team breakdown? You're not going to have to ask what their dog's capable of. Yeah. Because everybody, every handler in this group is going to have dogs that can do it all. And as far as tracking a deer that we know for sure is dead for a couple of days, or whether that's a deer with a legs blown off 
or whatnot. Mm-hmm. We've, we, we've got, we've got, we can handle it all. And yes, that does happen. <laughs> well, but now somebody coming in new, say I called you and said, Jeff, look, I got a new blood dog. I want to join the group. How do you test me? Well, first of all, I'm going to already know about you. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to know about you. I don't just, uh, you're not just going to call me and, and ask me to join a group without me vetting you pretty good. You know, somebody's going to have to tell me about you. You're going to have to get that more. I'm going to know. You know, I'm going to either talk to some references and you're going to come go with me some, you know, and I'm going to tag along with you on some tracks and I'm going to see how your dog works and see how you work, see what kind of how etiquette you, you have. You know, how you interact with people. And, you know, it's, you know, all our guys are, all our handlers, I say guys because Christy would – be upset with me if I called her. Yeah, you got some ladies also. <laughs> That's right. Um, all all our all our handlers are are pretty upstanding people. You know, um, they're all they're they're all folks that that I would trust with my family, and I would want to track from my family if if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And that I don't I trust every dog every, every every all these handlers I trust them I trust their dogs I know what they're capable of, so. Then that's that's kind of what I go through, you know. That's why I, I go through. I vet the handler and I spend time with them. I either spend time on tracks with them, or I already know what they're capable of by researching them on social media, or if I have already been following them for a while or whatnot before I ask them to come on board. Cool deal. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if there was a process yeah. or kind of how you did that. And so, in case anybody on here's, you know, got a dog and wanting to. Kind of join up because I know. What did you say? Y'all had seventeen. Well, that's the right count. I'll go down the list and you can count for me. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with myself. You know, and and John David Polk, Justin Williams, Bo and Christy Brown, Rusty Everett, Chad Tate, Thomas Leroy Arnold, Chris Haygood, Nevada Watts, Ernest Frog Powell, Clay Powell. Rob Reeves, Dakota McDaniel, Corey Miller, Christopher White, Joey Henderson, J.T. McCaffrey, and, of course, my nephew, C.J. Nunnery. He helps out a lot, too. And that's covering from Crystal Springs area, like the area we talked about before, from Crystal Springs to the other side of Columbia, all the – down past Popperville on some of these tracks, you know, all the way over to Natchez, Vidalia. We got a pretty good area covered. Yeah. Well, the uh, – and I don't know if everybody that's listened to this has, has heard this, but y'all do this service and you offer it for free. No, oh, absolutely. You know, y'all, y'all accept tips if somebody wants to tip you, but well, sure. it's a free service that y'all offer to the community. So anybody that's listening to this, and we know deer season's over this year, but we'll try to get Jeff back on next year before the deer season actually starts. But y'all keep in, keep this in mind for next year. If you have an issue, you have a problem, you know, and you have a deer, and, and whether you think he's he's hit hard or he's he, she, either or, you know, before you get into it too far or start getting too let down, make sure you reach out to them. And, Absolutely. You know, I tell folks just to – if you question it at all, call us and talk to us. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll say, you know, I will go out there and, you know, go to the shot site a little bit and tell me what you see there and 
track it for a little ways, you know. And there's times where if you tell me the deer's hit in a certain way, I say just don't 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 worry about it. Back out of there. Don't even go look. I'll come as quick as I can, or, or we're going to set a time to come. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to just mention, if I could, mm-hmm. and, I, and we talked about this before, was, was a little bit on the educating process about it seems to be a, a pretty good misconception with some people about what we do versus deer hunting with dogs. And I know it's a controversial, controvert, very controversial issue at times, but I just want to clarify what we do versus that. You know, we kind of touched on a little bit on how we train, train our dogs. Mm-hmm. But we are after a specific deer. We're not after any deer. Yeah. You know, we work with these dogs. We spend <clears throat> countless hours working these dogs during the off-season, getting them trained up, getting them to where we can be 100% confident in our dogs that we – when you call us that you shot a wounded deer, that's the deer we're going to track. We're not going to run. We're not going to run old Billy Billy Bob's buck over here off the place, and that we come to track a doe or something. If if you shot Billy Bob's deer, that's the one we're coming to track. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they got name tags on them now. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 always. You know, you see social media all the time, and you see people just fussing back and forth about it all the time. And and that's a line that I'm not willing to cross, and I'm not going to cross. To each their own. You know, if if you do it legally, then, hey, I'm all for you. You know what I mean? You do it legally, you do it ethically, then I'm all about it. You know, that's, that's fine. But for people to, and and I've had people contact me before that, wanting me to track a deer and then a club president or something like that say oh no you ain't bringing no dogs in here and and that's in my opinion again that is a lack of education of knowing what we do mm-hmm. now we track on one of the I, I would you guys probably would say the same thing one of the most prominent prominent clubs around here we track a lot on but because they trust us and they know what we're doing you know that right. we've educated them and and they know the process they know they know what to expect well before we jump off here and we've got a few minutes left you know, kind of touch on that if you're tracking a deer and say he's on my property and he drifts over on to my neighbors y'all y'all do not cross lines unless you have permission to cross absolutely you know what the interview process goes you know, whenever you call me and we're talking about it, one of the questions that I'm going to ask is, is how much property do you have? And if you, I'm always going to ask, do we have permission to cross property lines if we need to? All of us run tracking systems that have training built into them that we can tone our dogs off if they cross the line and we don't have permission to cross. We're big advocates on that. And there's no quicker way to get yourself in trouble and people will shoot your dog nowadays. If you don't have permission, I'm not. I'm not coming. I've I've turned down several tracks, and actually, close to the end of the season, I had a fella get pretty ugly with me because I wouldn't come track his deer, and he was on ten acres, and he was on the property line and shot the deer, and the deer went across the property line, and they wouldn't let him go in there, and he got upset with me. Hmm. He got upset with you, or with no? The, he got upset with me. Not with his neighbor because I wouldn't come. 
He wasn't. Well, did he you had tell a fallen out. I can, I can track him to the line, and that's as far as I can track him. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, not going to be much help. <laughs> well, I, I asked him. I said, I don't, I don't really understand what you want from me. You know, you already know the deer went across the line. You shot him mm-hmm. five foot on your side of the line, and he run over there. You had fallen out with Mr. Neighbor, and <laughs> Mr. Neighbor don't want you on his place. And if he don't want you on your, his place, he sure ain't going to want me on his place to track your deer. <laughs> with a dog. Or, with a dog. Or, or two. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, before we get off here, we're, we're running out of time. You know, what's the... For everybody listening to this, if, if they get in a bind and they need need some assistance, or if they just got questions, what's the easiest way for them to get up with you? Um, the easiest way is just uh, look on Facebook. Look us up, um, Team Breakdown Blood Trailing. There's a call button on there. There's a message button on there. So the, it, when you hit the call button, it's going to come straight to me. You hit the message button, and any of our admin that are over the group, they're going to get the message, and, and it'll be – a number of us that, that may answer you back, and you may get all of us answering you back. <laughs> it's happened. Um, if you got questions about tracking, if you need some help in the future, you know, next year's season, give us a shout. Follow us our page. Follow our page. You know, you can save our numbers on your phone. Whatever it takes, you know, we we're glad to help you. Well, Jeff, we appreciate it, man. It's always good catching up with you and visiting, and and I knew. I knew about some of the success y'all had this year and, and wanted to get on here and talk about that. Then just talk about y'all's service in, in general and, you know, maybe educate somebody that hadn't heard some of the previous episodes or or, uh, or anything like that. But we just we just wanted to catch up and, and see what was happening. Yeah, man, I thank y'all for having me. And before we go up, I wanted to add that there'll be, there will be an article out. Uh, Ernest Herndon is doing a piece on – well, partially on my music and partially on Team Breakdown. So okay. uh, there, it comes out in March in their magazine that they do every year, the Enterprise Journal. Okay, so that, will it be in the paper or just the magazine It'll or be both? In the magazine. Or? Okay, It'll be in the magazine. And, and another thing I wanted to say, I wanted to, for all my guys that are going to be listening to this, I appreciate them more than they know, and I'm very proud of the success that this group has had this year, and I couldn't find a better group of guys to do it. Absolutely. Well, everybody, that's going to wrap us up for this one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on. I got the music crank way of life.